0: Oh um...
1: Everybody. Welcome to episode 171 of the Man of Screen podcast. I am your host, Mike Zuma, and I am continuing my run through season two of the Salkine produced Superboy show with episodes five and six of season two, Nightmare Island, and Bizarro the Thing of Steel. So, we're going to have another comic book related concept introduced this week. And I do have a regret about the uh, second half of this episode. Early on in the second season, apparently, uh, there are a number of two parters that are not obviously two parters by episode title. Think back to the first to the two-parter in the first season, Revenge of the Alien, parts one and two. So far, there have been there was one two-parter to start this season, and it was and they each had different titles. And you're gonna kinda see that again in the back half of this week as Bizarro the thing of steel is for all intents and purposes of part one, it is the first half of a of a two-episode Bizarro story, and it is rather unfortunate that it is going to get broken over two episodes of my coverage. It can't be helped. I'm not going to upset the order of episodes just to get them both in the same episode, even though that would be somewhat more convenient. So that's that. Before I get into uh, this week's episode, I have feedback to address. Feedback, as usual, is from Dave Beckelvenny. Dave is writing in on Man of Screen, episode 160. Dave writes, Greetings, Mike and Patrick. I have to agree with you both that the Ruby Spear Superman series has been solid, but none of the individual episodes really stand out. That's certainly true in this final episode of the series. The last time I saw Earth was decent enough, but probably could have been better if the episode were longer. And the same is certainly true of the Superman Family Album story. It's Superman. I do wonder a bit about whether the Family Album segment would have continued if there had been a second season. My thought is that since it's the Superman family album, it wouldn't necessarily have to be about Clark and the Kents. The other characters, Supergirl, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Perry White, other superheroes who could be considered part of the Superman family, who might be featured with or without Superman. Or maybe it could have been a kind of private life of Clark Kent feature, as existed in the Bronze Age comics. Ah, well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate that uh, we will never know, because the series was ended at 13 episodes i don't know if it was poor ratings or if the show was expensive or cbs didn't really where it aired i believe it aired on cbs or abc one of those two do they have no interest it is hard to tell but if you look at the way the superman family album stories were laid out through the course of the season you can see that it was a planned 13 episode season episode one of the family album stories starts with him being adopted by the kent and the last one is him making his Debut of Superman in Metropolis. Again, like Patrick and I talked about, it could have been, that last family album segment could have been a full episode in and of itself. And I don't necessarily know what would have, well, no one knows really what would have happened had the show gone on to season two. If they had moved on to 22 minute stories or if they had kept the backup feature, whether it was a Superman family album or something else. Although, I do think it would necessarily have to be... I think it would have to be about Clark and the Kents. Because it is the Superman family album. And it's based on the concept of Ma Kent's scrapbook. So, I think you'd lose some of that if your feature was about characters that are not within the... I don't want to say they're not within the Superman family. But, you know, characters... How do I want to put this? It's the Superman family. And to me, that means the Kents, basically. And... Dave mentioned uh, one of the other characters to be featured, maybe Supergirl. I don't know about that. Supergirl was not introduced at all in the show, period. And at this point, DC Comics and Warner Brothers were doing everything they could to forget she existed, for better or for worse. So I don't think she would have been a likely candidate. And I honestly don't know if kids who were the demographic for this show are interested in Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and Perry White. And there were really no other superheroes to speak of. The only other one we saw was Wonder Woman. That implies there are other heroes out there, but we never saw them. I wouldn't mind seeing other types of backup segments. And Dave mentions the Private Life of Clark Kent feature as existed in the Bronze Age comics. And I'll be honest, that was one of my favorite Bronze Age backup features. And I think it was Superman, I believe it was. It was always fun seeing Clark Kent get into situations and have to get out of it without changing into Superman. Once in a while, you'll get... An episode or two like that, and uh, where he's stuck in a situation where he can't change. But The Private Life of Clark Kent was my favorite of the Bronze Age backup features. The only other ones I really remember were are, uh, was the World of Krypton ones. I think it was called World of Krypton. It was Krypton-based, but those never stood out to me. As much as The Private Life of Clark Kent ones did, those were a lot of fun. So I definitely would have been game for those or Krypton stories. But alas, it is not to be. Overall, thank you, Dave, for writing in. You can write in to manascreen at gmail.com. So right now I'm going to uh, take a quick break, play a podcast promo, and when I come back, Nightmare Island. Hang around, folks. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Working together, we
0: saved the planet. And I believe that if we stayed together as a team, we would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice. Every episode.
2: My name is Jean. I'm a Martian.
1: Every adventure.
2: <sighs> okay, you guys are so slow.
0: Every hero.
2: Whatever you think you're doing, if you present a threat to the world, the Justice League will take you down.
1: Cindy and Chris Franklin bring you cast.
0: Whatever the future holds, we'll make those choices ourselves. Don't say you don't love me. I'll never say that. Covering the complete animated run of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And the adventure continues.
1: Their strength in numbers. What? Like a bunch of super
0: friends? More like a Justice League.
1: Alright, welcome back folks. We're going to start this episode off with Nightmare Island. Original broadcast date was November 4th, 1989. It was directed by David Nutter. Written by Mark Jones. Guest cast basically uh, one person, Phil Fondacaro as the alien and our synopsis is brought to you by supermanhomepage.com your number one source for superman information on the web Andy, Lana, and Clark are washed up on a desert island after taking Andy's friend's little boat out for the day. What they don't know is that something is watching them from a distance on this deserted island So, Andy how come
0: I don't hear you singing now? Oh, it was my fault That's great, it was my fault No, no, better yet I planned it like this. I thought, gee, wouldn't it be nice
1: if we all ended up on this island together?
2: Well, geez, the Coast Guard's got to hear the signal from the emergency radio. I mean, at least until I dropped it in the water. Kind of a strange place, isn't it?
0: Let me go check over there and see what I can find out. So, looks like it's just you and me, alone.
1: It's a deserted island.
0: How about you?
1: Me? No way. Superboy then flies in to save Andy and Lana to take them back to the mainland. In the midst of the rescue, Superboy is about to take off with Lana when suddenly a beam of strange light hits Superboy. The boy of steel stumbles for a moment and then decides to go after whatever was hiding in the tree line. Superboy begins to take flight in pursuit of the creature when he suddenly falls to the ground. Lana and Andy help Superboy to his feet. Superboy says to the two in a puzzling manner that I can't throw The creature then throws a rock hitting Superboy squarely in the back of the head, causing him to bleed. He grabs the back of his neck, showing Andy and Lana his blood. After being drained of his power, Superboy goes in search for the creature in hopes of getting his powers back. Andy tags along with Superboy in the search too. The creature sets up traps in the hope of killing both Andy and Superboy who are walking in a clearing when Superboy trips a wire that is linked to a bow and arrow that hits Superboy in the hand. Superboy and Andy chase after the thing, but to no avail. The two head back to where they left Lana and find out she has been taken by the creature. The creature kidnaps Lana and takes her back to his lair. You shiver. I will not harm you.
0: Get that away from me! You do not like the food I brought you. No. No. This is not food. Please let me go. But I have waited so long for you to come. Others have come. But none had the glorious hair of crimson. I waited so long for the Red One to come. What is it that you want? Years ago, when I crashed on this island, my mate died. I'm sorry. I've been alone here ever since. And how long has that been? 200 years. But you will be my mate now. Look, you just can't take what you want. Yes, I can. That is the way. Well, not with me, it isn't. You've hurt someone that I care about very much. The suited one. He was very strong. He wanted to take you away from me. I couldn't let him do that. So I took his power with my super-sensor machine. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I have enough power to leave this planet and take you with me. But you needn't worry. I've taken care of the two. I've killed them both. We never came to hurt you. Why would you do this? Why would you hurt others? That is the way. That is what I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Superboy and Andy manage to find the creature's lair as they search the wilderness for Lana. The door to the creature's lair has an electric charge and Superboy, unfortunately, gets slightly electrocuted. Andy and Superboy manage to get the door open by tying the rope to the door and pulling it open. Once again, the creature has set traps again, but Superboy and Andy manage to avoid them. Superboy and Andy make it to the holding where Lana's cell is. Once the two get inside, the alien starts to fight Superboy in hand-to-hand combat. While Andy frees Lana from her cell, Superboy picks up the alien and throws him into the prison cell that Lana was previously occupying.
0: How could you betray me? I wasn't going to hurt you. I didn't betray you. Don't you understand? You've hurt people. I never hurt anyone. The suited one has defeated me. And it is law on my planet... ...to drain my life force. No. I don't believe in taking life.
2: I make a deal. You give me back my powers...
0: ...but you must leave and never return to this planet. But if I give you your power, man, I will not have enough fuel for my escape pod. I can help if I have my full powers.
1: The alien returns Superboy's powers through the laser gun weapon that was used to take his powers in the first place. Superboy Lana and Andy stand on the sandy beach with the alien as they are saying their goodbyes. Superboy then picks up the little ship and hurls it off into the sky, giving the alien the much-needed push to get back to his home planet.
2: There's the Coast Guard. They must have gotten the message Clark sent.
0: Speaking of Clark, why haven't we found him yet?
2: I did. He's on the other side of those trees.
1: <laughs> really, here's what we missed, huh?
2: I've got to go. Bye, Lana. Thanks, Andy.
1: See or what? Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't so bad myself.
0: No, Andy, you would not <laughs> Hey, guys! Hey! Boy, am
2: I glad you guys are safe. What have you And you are not going to believe what happened to me. And look at these shells I found. See this one? This one I had to climb up on a rock to get that one. And a jellyfish! I mean, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, I almost stepped on a jellyfish. Could you believe how dangerous that was? So how yeah. did you guys make out?
0: Well, um, not... As exciting as your adventure. now.
1: <laughs> Alright, so we've got a deserted island, we've got an alien, we've got a very powerful weapon, we've got Superboy, we've got everything you need for a middling episode. You know, this episode wasn't so great, you know. I mean, it's interesting, you know, every once in a while you have to rob Superman or Superboy of his powers, you know, to change it up and give him an additional challenge, but I put this on Facebook a few weeks ago when I watched this episode for the first time. This is the fifth episode of season two, and this is now the second episode in which the villain has either tried to marry Lana or make her his mate. Three, if you count the fact that Lana was still married to Lex Luthor in uh, the second episode of the season. So Uh, this is a tired trope. We just survived uh, season eight of Super Friends in which Darkseid was trying to make Wonder Woman his bride. Remember that? So now we've got every uh, villain out there trying to make Lana into his mate or his wife. So let's go through this a little bit here. The episode starts with Andy singing a riff of Gillian's Island.
0: Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from a tropic port aboard a tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailor, man, the skipper, brave and sure Three passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour (gasps) A three-hour tour Andy, if you sing that song once more, I'm going to take your tongue and nail it to the stock, okay? Okay.
1: Which kind of foreshadows the fact that they're going to get lost on whatever sea adventure that Andy has planned for them. Andy always has something planned for our group, and, well, it never ends well. Fortunately, Lana does this all a favor and offers to mutilate Andy's tongue if he keeps singing. So here they are, all dressed for the beach. Well, at least Landy and Lana are dressed for the beach. Lana in her uh, very attractive bathing suit and Andy in a very loud shirt that made me want to go blind. But Clark is there in his long sleeve plaid shirt. Everyone else is dressed for the beach. Clark is dressed for business. Hmm. I guess when you're hiding a superhero costume underneath your clothes, you got to wear long sleeves no matter what time of year it is. So we get teased by this uh, pleasure yacht that we think uh, our trio is going to travel on. But nope, they're going to end up in this rickety wooden boat. And... Lana is like the hell with this I want to go on a bet or something better but Clark is willing to get on the, on this rickety boat Clark who pretends to be scared of everything is uh, willing to go on this uh, little wooden boat that at first doesn't look as though three people can fit in it and uh Lana only gets into the boat because well if she if Clark can do it so can she and you know maybe at the very least uh, Lana will throw Andy overboard if he keeps singing well apparently they're lost on on an island and uh that's, that's what Andy gets for singing a parody of Gilligan's Island. And I'm wondering if we're going to run into the skipper, Gilligan, and uh, Marianne out here. So they're lost on this island. I don't know how they got lost. I don't even remember if the episode even showed us how they got lost, but they did. So Clark is going to check things out, probably changes to Superboy. Andy is going to take the opportunity while they're alone to flirt with Lana, but she rejects him because I don't think she likes him too much. I don't actually know why Clark and Lana even hang out with Andy. I don't think either of them like him very much. Just because just because Andy is Clark's roommate doesn't necessarily mean they have to be best friends. I was only friends with a couple of my roommates in college. I mean, there's no reason why Clark can't do his own thing and Andy can't do his own thing. But I guess since we're paying the actor, he's got to be Clark's best friend. So Superboy shows up and he's going to take them off the island one at a time. I don't know why he's only going to take them one at a time. He's strong enough to carry both of them at once. Maybe it's one at a time to justify why he can't, carry Clark as well, because I guess you would presume if he could carry two, he could carry three, but, you know he could tuck one the each arm and carry them, you know, and then make like he's coming back for Clark later, but all we see is, is he's about to take off, and we see him uh, get hit with this gr- greenish beam that takes away his powers and uh, Superboy, not really knowing what's going on he tries to fly after they saw the beam, and well, nope, it's kind of funny watching him uh, try to fly and land on his face, well, I thought it was funny So, then he gets pelted from behind with a rock and is bleeding from the back of his head. Ooh. So, Superboy is uh, not having a very good time here on this island. We also have some mysterious red hair that belongs to someone. And that's the mystery we're going to have to solve. You basically see him. He's behind a big log or a downed tree or something. And you just see the red hair poking above the log where that's all that's visible, at least at first. So, of course, no one knows where Clark is because, well, how can they? He is with them in Superboy costume, but they don't know that, so... They eventually do do give that explanation at the end. Not a very good one. But very quickly, Clark Clark gets forgotten about. You know, poor Clark. But Superboy is going to have to make do without his powers. And whoever is with them in the wood, the alien here, basically says, She came for me and he must uh, kill the others first. So, of course, that's, you know, he sees an attractive woman who's got the same color hair as him. Must be fate. So, after uh, a shot of Lana in the water, I guess she's cleaning herself off. Superboy and TJ are breaking a branch. Oh, that's the first time I did that. I was wondering how long that would take when I, uh, in my notes, even though I should have written uh, Superboy and Andy, it's uh, I wrote Superboy and TJ. Well, nope. No, no TJ White this season. This is Andy McAllister. Anyway, Andy is helping Superboy break a branch, and uh, Lana is just kind of uh, standing in a clearing, being stalked, and uh, we're getting a nice uh, POV shot of somebody looking at Lana. She kind of knows somebody's there, but doesn't see what it is, but it is whoever's in the woods, and at the moment, we're only seeing hands. We haven't seen a face yet, and we haven't seen height yet either. That's going to come into play as well, because now you've seen his hand, It looks like he's setting up some kind of tripwire, and as he's running away, we get the uh, realization that our alien is very short. So apparently, the alien is about dwarf-like uh, height. So Superboy is continuing to not have a good time of it on the island as he misses the alien's tripwire and gets shot in the hand with an arrow. If you ever want to see uh, Superboy cry like a little bitch, this is, your, this is your episode. Superboy is now both in pain and pissed off as he and Auntie haul ass after the alien and basically end up in a cage with a poisonous snake on top of it. Superboy is not making a very strong showing of himself without his superpowers here. You know, sometimes even when he has his superpowers, he doesn't necessarily make a very strong showing for himself. I guess that's why he's Superboy and not Superman. So now Superboy is going to play the role of Snake drama, and he looks absolutely horrified. As the uh, snake tries to strangle him, I guess uh, you have a different opinion opinion on snakes when they can't affect you. You didn't see him have any trouble with that giant python he had around his neck in the Black Flamingo episode in season one, did you? So, apparently, when Superboy is depowered, the suit is no longer destructible as well as there is a hole near his ribcage. And the first question I asked myself is, you know, these outfits aren't cheap, I imagine. The show's on a budget. They're not going to rip a suit in the fifth episode of the season. There's 26th episode of the season, and these suits need to get through. But you know what I realized? All of a sudden, while they're in the cage, is the S is different. And all of a sudden, the cape doesn't hang the way it should. It looks a little bit bulky. And taking a look at the S, I think right from the moment they get into the cage, Gerard Christopher is wearing a John Haynes Newton shirt, which explains why they're willing to rip up the suit and get it really dirty. Because it's an old one that they're not going to keep using. And I kind of took, took my time with this. You can tell exactly when the suit changed. He's wearing a season two costume when he walks up to the tripwire and when he's shot in the hand. And like I said, the suit changes when he's caged with the snake. So even though they get out of the cage, Superboy and Andy do, Lana is stuck in a cage as well. And the alien is going to, you know, he's going to bring her breakfast. Or lunch or dinner? I don't exactly know what time and what time of day it is here. And what's he gonna feed her? A live lizard. Lana is understandably repulsed by this, and she is therefore not hungry. I'm with you there, Lana. I'm not sure I'd want to eat a live lizard either. So uh, the dwarf mentions that the others are gone, and apparently he has some kind of fetish for Lana's red hair because apparently because it matches his own. Yeah. Now we're going to learn that his mate died, and when he crashed on this island, that he's been alone there. For 200 years, waiting for some morons to find them. Lucky for Lana, Clark, and Andy. Or Superboy, for that matter. And like I said, of course he is. He's going to make Lana his mate, because they have red hair together. So, the alien now has enough power to leave this planet, now that he's uh, stolen Superboy's abilities. And he's going to go out and hurt others, because it is the way. Who knew he was a Mandalorian? So, now Superboy and Andy are wandering through the island, and the suit is getting a lot of wear and tear on it. You know, And I wonder if anybody who watched this show back when it came out, I didn't, so I don't know if I would have watched this, if they noticed the change in the costume. So th- so they eventually find this uh, these doors, which look like they lead to a fallout shelter or something, but apparently the ship is buried and only the doors are exposed. And so some teamwork from Andy and Superboy gets the hatch opened, and uh, little do they know, the alien is going to kill them because they came to his island. What nerve of them. It's not like they came here on purpose. I'm not sure where they were going in their rickety little boat, but they probably weren't meaning to come here. I don't know. Maybe they were, and maybe they, uh, well, they misfired. Who knows? And I don't honestly know how they found this deserted island with that little rickety boat. How did this boat travel that far? So as they entered the ship, it's good to see the superboy noticed the tripwire this time. Very glad that he noticed. He's learning to watch where he's going when he doesn't have his superpowers. So Lana now gets gagged because the alien doesn't want her to warn him about anything that might be happening. But they see her quickly. Andy goes to see her, and he charges the cage and gets himself an electric shock for his trouble. And now Superboy is going to fight the alien. And he's powerless, so he's going to have to do this without the uh, benefit of his abilities for the first time. And, well, he's get- pretty much getting whaled on. <laughs> but Superboy does fight Dirty when he's down, whaling the alien with a rock. And uh, Andy is going to use the old gray matter to short outline his cage. And eventually, somehow, the alien ends up in the cage through after cups with Superboy. And now he feels betrayed. I don't know why he feels betrayed, but he does. Apparently, he has a different definition of betrayed than the rest of us do. And this is what Superboy or Superman is all about right here in this ending. The alien is going to kill himself because he's lost. Apparently, that's their code on whatever planet he's from. But Superboy makes a deal with him to save his enemy's life. This is something any incarnation of Superman would do. And if he's not willing to do this, He's not Superman. The deal is if the alien restores Superboy's abilities, which will cost him his fuel to and make his ship unable to break orbit, Superboy will launch the alien ship into space and will help. That's it. That's the essence right there. Doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. This little alien wanted to mate with Lana. This little alien tried to kill all three of them. But he's still going to help him. And that is the essence of what Superman is. Doing right. Because it's right. All the alien wanted to do was go home. Granted, he had an odd way of reacting to people. But in the end, I guess, no harm, no foul, he's going to help the alien. So, like I said, that's it right there. That is that is what Superboy or Superman does. Oh, by the way, when Superboy's powers are restored, his costume was instantly dry cleaned. And we're back to the Season 2 costume. And now the cape is hanging properly off his shoulders as well. And now he picks it up and throws the ship into space. Honestly, I didn't see that coming. I thought maybe Superboy was gonna lift it up and fly the ship into space, but nope, he just threw it. I guess that's cheaper on the budget. So now Clark shows up and he's showing them some shells in his shoes. He's really overdoing how exciting this is. And honestly, it's the kind of thing where he's so excited about this that yeah, I would feel like I'm being put on a little bit. And of course we know he's putting them on, be I don't know, he's he's overselling it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And he asks uh, a lot of "Oh, what happened with you? Anything interesting? And they're like, nope. (laughs) Nothing. So, so that's pretty much the end of that. And it's always interesting seeing uh, Superboy or Superman having to get along without his powers. It was an okay episode. Dragged at some points. But it's saved by the ending. Helping one that will be your enemy, because you should. That makes all the crap in the first 18 minutes of this episode worth it to get to that point. And Maybe it makes it worse it they get to this point, too. About halfway through this episode, I'm going to uh, take another break and play another promo. And when I come back, Bizarro, The Thing of Steel. Hang around, folks. Did you leave the car running, Andy? I did. I'm not sure why, but I did. It, it,
0: it's important. Like getting these comics from Ryan and Chris's nightcast offices.
2: Why are we getting these comics from Ryan and Chris?
0: So, since Nightcast isn't covering what they originally set out to cover, I thought it would be fun to talk about the Jim Starlin run of Batman, so we're getting the comics from them to do that.
2: And, and they know that we're doing this?
0: What? That we're covering Batman issues 414 to 430? Yeah, totally. I, I checked in with them and everything.
2: So you got permission to get these comics, which includes the storylines, Ten Nights of the Beast, The Cult, and The Death in the Family?
0: I totally told them we were covering these books, yes.
2: And we're starting these episodes in May... That is, if you actually edit them on time.
0: Yeah, Andy. The the series starts in May and can be found on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and at com. Busting my balls and everything.
2: All oh, right, right, right. Let, let's, let's hurry up. There are listeners that want to hear this, and I have to get back to Atlanta in 28 hours so I can get my flight home.
0: Oh, no problem. I got the comics right here. What's going on here?
2: Andy? Mike? What are you doing here?
0: Why do you have our comics?
2: Say, Mike Yes Andy We didn't get permission to take these comics did we No Andy And when you told me to get the box out of the car You were really picking the lock to get in here Yes Andy So what do we do now
0: Well uh, we could try to talk our way out of this But when I tell you to Run Run <laughs> The Overlooked Dark Knight covers the Jim Starlin Batman run, a multi-part series of episodes beginning in May of 2020. From the grisly dumpster killings to a death in the family and everything in between. The Overlooked Dark Knight is part of the Fortress of bailey podcasting network located at www.fortressofbaileytood.com. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, And Spotify.
2: I'm gonna barbecue your ass in molasses!
1: Alright, welcome back, folks. We're going to finish this episode off with Bizarro, The Thing of Steel. Original broadcast date was November 11th, 1989. It was directed by Ken Bowser and written by Mark Jones. Guest cast included Professor George Shakiris as Professor Peterson, Barry Myers as Bizarro, Valerie Grant as Mom, Billy Flanagan as Todd, Christy Lyle as the girl. I'm pretty sure uh, Mom and Girl are the uh, mother and daughter we see at the uh, strip mall. Christian Trulson as the cop, Andrew Lamoureux as the kid, and Chris Lombardi as the student. And our synopsis is brought to you by the DC Wiki. While Professor Peterson is testing his new duplicating ray, Superboy arrives to see his progress. Lightning causes a power surge, which in turn causes the ray to hit Superboy. The result of the ray is Bizarro. My God, look at it, Superboy—a duplicate of
2: you, sort of. It's uncanny. I mean, he looks so bizarre. Bizarro, you call me. Bizarro? He can talk. Bizarro? I said he was bizarre. Even his hearing is defective. Is he like me? Oh, an imperfect you. Definitely not human. Where am I? Who am you? I'm Superboy. Why are you dressed like me, Superboy? The duplicating machine. Never mind. It's, it's part of both of us. Help me get here?
0: This duplicating machine, it uh, created you.
2: This machine, it make me? It was an accident. Me, accident? No, that's not what he meant. It's Me, no accident. This machine, no good. Me, go. I can't let you
1: go. Me, go. Bizarro wreaks havoc at a shopping mall and eventually takes Clark's place. at at the Schuster costume party under the name Kent Clark. Meanwhile... It just exploded? Yeah. There's gotta be a reason. I think
2: it's got something to do with the the unstable properties of any non-living matter created by my machine.
0: What you're saying is this bizarro creature is a walking time bomb? Hmm. I haven't had time to do all the calculations yet, but I think the size has a direct bearing on the length of time before self-detonation. Are you telling me I have to destroy him? Or at least put him out of commission. But he's like a part of me. Like something I never had. A brother. I can't kill him.
2: He's not
0: really alive. I guess I'm going to have to use something I was hoping I wouldn't what kryptonite the one thing that can destroy me destroy us
1: after bizarro causes a disruption of the costume party and stops lana on the road superboy uses the kryptonite on him only to discover it has no effect bizarro throws the rock back at superboy and flies away with lana in his arms and superboy lies on the street Writhing in pain.
2: Showing me pretty green color? it very nice. What? It doesn't weaken you? Bizarro, no want. Here, do play with it.
0: Oh. 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 Killing him? Don't you understand? We've got to get that rock away from him. Present
2: for Superboy. Uh, What problem? uh, We find Lana Bazaar. We go.
1: To be continued. Yeah. And sorry, guys, this is only a two episode a week podcast. So I'm not going to make the episode unnecessarily longer by adding a third part. Adding a third episode covered, it would throw everything off. So we're just going to have to deal. All right. So here is uh, Professor Peterson for the first time this season. He is uh, played by uh, George Shakiris. He is another holdover from uh, season one and probably one of my favorite guest characters from season one. He was in some of the best episodes of season one, um, and I'm glad uh, that they're going to bring him back for a few episodes in season two. He does not appear beyond this season, but I guess once the show kind of moves away from the college setting, they don't necessarily need him anymore. We didn't see him in the Metallo episode, even though he was mentioned. I guess we really didn't need the actor to advance that plot. All we needed was his notes. So here is the professor. He's fussing around with some kind of invention when Superboy shows up. Which, yeah, I guess we did see uh, the professor doing some experiments. But this is really the first time I've seen him. So Superboy knows that he has uh, created a a duplicating machine. Apparently this is something that uh, Superboy knew that Peterson was working on because it's not a surprise to him. So Peterson tries to duplicate a flower and it doesn't go well. And the flower is very white and very boxy. And he can't figure out what went wrong. Well, that's uh, his job. That's part of the uh, scientific method, Doc. If uh, something doesn't go wrong, and you don't know why, you figure it out. Science! And the Peterson is uh, quite perplexed that something went wrong, and I guess all of his calculations indicated that it would not. But now something happens. I don't know if it's in a power store struck by lightning or something, but something activates the machine, and uh, Superboy gets hit with the duplicating ray, and uh, all of a sudden we've got a white living creature that's been created by the ray, and it's in a Superboy costume. Here is Bizarro. Congratulations, Professor Peterson. You have officially screwed the pooch. So Superboy says the creature looks bizarre, and uh, that's how Bizarro gets his name. <laughs> he goes, Bizarre? Me Bizarro? Bizarro? And <laughs> Superboy points out, oh yeah, he isn't perfect. Even his hearing is defective. So there you go. So now we got Bizarro. And he's talking in Bizarro speak, the me and all that stuff, and he is confused and uh Trying to leave, and Superboy is uh, manhandling Bizarro a little bit more than he probably should. And Bizarro is kind of quite the battering ram, and off he goes into the air. Superboy is uh, not handling this very well at first. I mean, I guess his first thought is to contain, contain, contain. But it's really a lot like dealing with a willful toddler. I do hope we do eventually get some opposite speak. And basically, uh what he's trying to do is he's trying to make friends at the strip mall. You know, it's one of those you know little strip malls that you see in every uh, in every town USA, and I don't think Bizarro has any negative intentions here, no malice or anything. He's, like I said, he's trying to make friends at first. Uh, the little boy thinks that it's Superboy, but he is freaked out by Bizarro's face. And yeah, you know, it's white, boxy, almost uh, crystalline, very powdery. I think I'd be freaked out too if I were a young kid. I'd probably be freaked out anyway, even as an adult, but because it is something out of the ordinary. But, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's very easy to be afraid of something you don't understand. And I'm not going to say anybody was wrong to be afraid of him, but this is the version of Bizarro I like. I like the misunderstood monster version of Bizarro. He's not evil. He just doesn't get it. And he's trying to be friendly, but he doesn't realize that he's uh, freaking everybody out. And we're not getting the uh, bizarro speak all of it, you know. He's still trying, to, actually saying that he wants to make friends. His syntax is screwed up, and he's using me instead of I. But he's not saying worst enemy when he means best friend. So we're not having any of that stuff, at least not yet. So and then he saw his reflection for the first time, and that freaks freaks him out because and, and of course in his clouded way of thinking, he thinks that because his reflection looks weird, I guess for lack of a better term, that it's a problem with the glass. And not an issue with the way his face actually looks. And then he kind of gets angry at the glass. So if trying trying to fix the glass by breaking it, he kicks a cop car into the store. So we see right here that Bizarro has all of Superboy's powers, as he should. I'm thinking that this is probably the most comics accurate Bizarro that we've ever gotten in live action TV. I talked about how I don't think Metallo would work well in a movie. But works well when he's only got to carry one episode or even two. I think very much the same about Bizarro. He's another character that you could do well on TV, but I'll be honest, I never want to see a whole movie based around him, unless it's some kind of really zany type of thing. But I'm not sure if Bizarro alone is enough to cover a Superman movie, even though we've had things that were Bizarro-ish, like the evil Superman in Superman 3 and the clone of Superman that we're going to see in the season one episode of Batman when I get to it. And the uh, version of Bizarro that was presented to us in Smallville was a Phantom Zone villain. So, but again, I don't consider Bizarro a villain. He, yeah, I don't think he's evil. He just messes up because he can't help himself. Because he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand that what he's doing is wrong. It's your classic monkey with a machine gun. Imagine a, in, unleashing a superpowered toddler on the world. That's what Professor Peterson has done here. So he goes into a store, sees the glasses, and apparently he does have some kind of hazy memory of Superboy because seeing the glasses triggers something and he comes out of the store dressed as Clark Kent. And honestly, I like Bizarro Clark better than Bizarro Superboy. I don't know, there's just something about this Bizarro version of Clark Kent that's, I don't know what what word I want to use. I don't know if I want to say it's appealing, but I'm just enjoying the hell out of this performance. Kudos to, uh, Barry Myers, really bringing this to life. He's doing a hell of a job with Bizarro. And, you know, this is the kind of thing where there's no textbook out there on how to play Bizarro, but I really like what he's doing. And uh, since he know he seems to know that his memory is kind of wonky and he needs to learn, so he's going to go to college because that's what you do. And he makes off towards Schuster University. So now once cutting to Schuster, uh, Clark is talking to someone at the police station. I think they're talking about Bizarro, and it must be Halloween, because Andy comes in dressed as Superboy, in what appears to be an old Christopher Reeve costume. Ugh. And I, I mean, I almost wonder if that's a suit that Christopher Reeve actually wore. You could tell it's big on Andy, who's clearly smaller than Christopher Reeve, but I guess the kinds owned that stuff, so they probably had a spare one, but... and The cape is a little long for Andy, but... You know. I don't really want to see Andy lounging around in a christopher reeve superman costume and you know, it jumps out of the reeve suit because the s that christopher reeve wore is very distinctive i mean honestly all of these various superman s's in live action are very distinctive if you put any of them out in front of me i'm pretty sure i can figure out which one it is so andy is supposed to be superboy and I'm not sure what lana's supposed to be she's in a very long uh purple dress and Apparently, Clark is playing out that he forgot that he was Lana's date for the costume party and she is very disappointed in him. We saw this back in the Terror from the Blue episode in Season 1 where she was really pissed at Clark about not being able to take her to the police station. And I don't know what to say, It continues the plot line from Season 1 because that was really the only time she got mad. But it kind of repeats that issue that Clark is always letting Lana down. And it's one of those things that just kind of gets bandied about but nothing is really done about it. Again, Clark and Lana go nowhere romantically. So so sometimes I do think Lana expects a little bit more of Clark than maybe she should. So Lana's pissed and Clark appreciates her lack of understanding. And uh, Lana comments that she feels like Clark is leading a double life. She's not wrong. Let's just say that. And we will get to a point where Lana does kind of start trying to prove that Clark Kent is Superboy. Maybe this is meant to be kind of a seed leading to that. But... I guess that's something we can chart as the uh, as I move through the series. So now uh we're getting some back to Bizarro, who's still dressed up as Clark Kent, kinda walking around to try to take it all in. He apparently knows about Clark Kent because he also knows Lana and Andy. He calls himself Kent Clark and he's got X ray vision and he spies a couple making out in the dorm room and finds another girl doing his homework. <laughs> I love Bizarro's awkwardness as he tries to dance. Again, Barry Myers has done a hell of a job bringing this character to life. And now Bizarro shows up in Clark's dorm room, calling himself Ken Clark. So there's some backward stuff. And he's confused. And Andy thinks this is Clark, and he's going a long way for a bit. You know, just because Andy would probably go this far for a bit doesn't necessarily mean that Clark would. And Bizarro actually thinks Andy is Superboy. So we've got a whole comedy of idiocy right here. So Bizarro actually thinks Andy is Superboy, and Andy thinks that Bizarro is Clark who just is being very funny. Ugh. So meanwhile, up in Professor Peterson's lab, the rose has exploded because it's non-living, and does this mean that Bizarro is going to explode as well? Possibly. Unfortunately, we're not going to find out the answer to that in this episode. And Now, Superboy is conflicted about Bizarro, who he feels a kinship to Bizarro because it's part of him. I guess the closest thing would be, like, a brother, and, uh, you know, Superboy is going to... Use kryptonite on Bizarro to kind of, almost like he's talking about putting down an animal. But at least you can tell he's conflicted about it. And, well, he's he to he use kryptonite because, well, it affects him. Well, he's going to find out that it's not going to work out very well. So Clark gets back to the dorm, and one of the residents asks Clark if he left with Andy and about the white mask. And I think that gives Clark the clue that Bizarro is with Andy. And the one thing I really wanted, and this episode doesn't deliver on it, is I really wanted to see Superboy's reaction to seeing Bizarro dressed as Clark, just to see him freak the hell out. So, now Lana is talking to this other dude who dresses as a pirate, and he wants to uh, move in on Lana, and uh, our buddy Kent Clark is not having it. And, uh, you know, Lana is understandably upset with uh, Bizarro, whose speech is now irritating Lana, because she thinks it's Clark as well. Everybody thinks that Clark is in some kind of costume, And is throwing people around. He literally threw this big guy dressed as a pirate into the snack table. I'm not sure on what planet Lana thinks that's something Clark would do. But apparently she thinks that Clark is wearing a mask. So now Bizarro is starting to uh, get the opposite thing going. And he thinks the slap is a sign of love. And, well, that does get Andy to back away. You know, I almost feel bad for Bizarro here. Granted, he's doing everything wrong. There's nothing good about what Bizarro is doing. But he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what he's doing is wrong. To him, he's backwards. Opposite, bad means good. And I don't think he necessarily has the capacity to be educated about this. So, Bizarro is now going to change into Superboy in a phone booth with his back to the camera. Which I guess that's the opposite of Superboy as well. Because Superboy would do it with his chest to the camera. So, as Lana's, this is all happening as Lana's trying to leave. So now, Bizarro stops the car and tries to put a move on Lana again. And... Lana has now seen Bizarro as Clark and seen Bizarro as Superboy. So I wonder if uh, Lana's going to start doing some math here. She should. And now there's a nice bit of continuity here as the kryptonite the Superboy shows up with is still in the hand of the lead suit from the Metallo episode. But then (laughs) it has no effect. And Bizarro, you know, like my two-year-old daughter would do to something she doesn't want, kind of kicks it towards Superboy. And down goes the boy of steel. Well, actually, it's really not like my two-year-old daughter. If you gave her something, she wanted, no matter what it is. She very rarely kicks anything back to me. But in this case, Bizarro no-wanted it, kicked it back, and down goes Superboy with his plan backfiring as we get a to be continued. So we're going to have to wait until next week's coverage to find out how all this ends. But I like that. A very good start to the Bizarro story. Very comics accurate, as I recall. I do believe the original Bizarro was created through a duplicate array, and he's imperfect, which is why he crystallizes. Dave, if I'm wrong, I'm sure you'll let me know. But I like that he's not evil and is really just misunderstood. He has the mind of a child, but that power with the mind of a child with no capacity to understand what he's doing is a very dangerous combination. So like I said, it is probably the most comics accurate version of Bizarro we've ever seen in live action, and I am absolutely loving it. But that's it for this week. Next time, we'll we'll finish off this story with the battle with Pizarro and Mr. and Mrs. Superboy, which will... Bring back Michael J. Pollard as Mr. Mixy S. Pidolik. Until then, feedback's always welcome. Man Screen at gmail.com. If you want to join the conversation over the Facebook group, just put Man of Screen Podcast in your search feed and the show should come up. You can also find the show on Twitter at Man of Screencast. Until next time, folks, we're all on the same team. Good night. The Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Dumo. No opinions expressed on the show are those of my Zemo and his guests and no one else. All music and sound clips used on the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and sound clips are copyright, their or original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network and can be found at www.twotruefreaks.com. Emails of this show can be sent to Manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show review on iTunes. That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man's Game Podcast.
0: Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from a tropic port aboard a tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailor, man, the skipper, brave and sure Three passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour <gasps> A three-hour tour